I know I haven't introduced the show yet, but I think I figure we just keep it rolling. You know, I think、uh, we don't need to introduce the show, but I'll I'll introduce it anyways. You know,、uh, today we're、uh, doing a special episode with、uh, the co-owner of the show,、uh, Marcus Alvarado, who's been on the show two other times, I think, maybe three, yeah,、uh, three. maybe four.、Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hosted one for you. Yeah, yeah.、Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely.、Yeah. So those those episodes are a different dynamic, though. You know,、mm-hmm. same same people, different focus. And、uh, yeah, so we're sitting here going to talk about the People's Tiny House Festival,、uh, which is an、uh, event that's、uh, you probably are going to see the advertisement for it here here next, or or you've already seen it.、Uh, <laughs> <laughs> advertising the hell out of Colorado,、oh, it's July sixteenth、yeah. through the seventeenth,、mm-hmm. um, at the same complex as last year, so the Ranch Events Complex up there in Loveland, Colorado. So、oh, yeah, well, I mean, they probably just seen that ad literally like a few seconds ago, or they're about to see it in a few seconds. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsors. The People's Tiny House Festival is the nation's largest gathering of simple living, featuring van conversions, bus conversions, and tiny houses, of course. Catch the event in Loveland, Colorado, July sixteenth and seventeenth at the Ranch Events Complex. Get your tickets at peoplestinyhousefestival.com. Sheath underwear has a pouch for the boys. It is everyday underwear for every man. 100% money back on the first pair if you don't like it. Visit sheathunderwear.com and enter the code COSBP20 to get 20% off your order. Recon Marketing is the fastest-growing social media agency in Colorado. Recon focuses on becoming an extension of your business while providing social media management, review management, and digital marketing. Recon Marketing, putting you on the radar. Power Tool Safe is revolutionizing tool tracking and protection for everybody. With Power Tool Safe, you can protect the equipment that keeps your business running. Go to powertoolsafe.com and start your new account now and register up to ten thousand dollars in tools for free. Planet Duct offers astronomical air duct cleaning with the most powerful vacuum trucks in Colorado. They have taken air duct cleaning to a new intergalactic level that is far more powerful and proactive than any on the market in El Paso County or Southern Colorado. Reach out to Planet Duct for any of your air duct cleaning needs. Before this on, episode, on this show, <laughs>、yeah. you know, and I, I've set it up where we kind of、uh, how I put the ads in now. I kind of let the conversation flow like through the first question,、uh, t- kind of how it goes, or at least part part way through, and then I I throw the ads in, cut, I cut them in, and the last,、uh, well, the last four episodes, two of them have aren't released yet,、uh, but they will be by the time you're watching this.、Uh, I've I've actually put People's Tiny House Festival as the first one. Just, oh, I appreciate just, that.、Yeah. Well, just because it's coming up, yeah, you know, it's like you it's know, a little sense of urgency here. Yeah, so I put it's the la- the last few episodes. It's been the first ad on the whole whole list, and there's about five ads now. And I'm thinking we might max out one 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 spot at、yeah. five, and then if we get another ad, we're gonna have to create a ca- category for mid roll. Yeah,、uh, and we might have to do do that because I think if we have more than five, it's kind of like I don't want. People clicking off before they even get, right. Like, we get them all hyped to listen to the episode, and then they have to sit for five, ten minutes to, through ads. And, and that's how Rogan is right now too. That, I know that works for Rogan.、Yeah. I don't. I don't think he does that anymore. Do you think but, it's working for Rogan? What I like? Well, here's. Like, I, I don't, don't think, think it does it anymore. Well, I I sat through one the other day, and it was like it was literally like five minutes worth of ads. Oh yeah. Okay. So he still does it.、Okay. Through it. You know that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you just, do you think you they listen to the、through. whole thing when、yeah. it's that many stacked? You're right. You're、mm-hmm. completely right. I don't think they do because well, there's a percentage that does.、Uh, yeah. People that don't want to change or don't want to flip it, or they're driving. I know when I'm driving and I'm listening to a Joe Rogan episode and the ads are playing, a lot of the times, not all the time, I'll skip through it.、Uh, but a lot of the times, I'll just let it play. Yeah. You know. Do you let it play through all of them, or do you let it play for like one or two of them, and then you you go? If I'm driving, sometimes I'll let I'll let it play through all of them. All the, yeah, all of them.、Uh, I, I've done it before, and I know I know other people probably have done it before. Yeah, and I think all that matters is whatever they're paying Joe, they get money back on. It doesn't matter like if how many people are actually、uh, listening to it 
as a ratio, all that matters is this is getting 20,000 people to buy our product. <laughs> yeah, I bet there's like a big viability for whoever the first ad is. Oh yeah. For yeah. sure. Like they, they probably have like mm-hmm. some level of rotation. Like, Hey, you'll get the first one on maybe X amount of episodes. It probably has a higher pack, a higher like value. Buffalo yeah. trace or mm-hmm. like athletic greens. Those are like the two main ones that he has on his. Mm-hmm. I bet like they're, it's like an auction and they're like, you know, the top spots or whatever of sponsorships for him. 100%. Podcasts are so yeah. fun, man. I freaking, like, yeah. <laughs> everything changed. Like look at this stuff from over a year ago, what, we, what we've changed and, mm-hmm processes and like it's the wild west which yeah. is one of the funnest things about podcasts you know mm-hmm. we've changed a lot you don't have a ponytail anymore a lot of things have changed <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah we've 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 grown it up in a lot of ways and yeah. uh i mean and a lot of things have, have stayed the same too you know and uh for a lot of things it's really just fine-tuning some small details uh but uh really getting the systems and processes and i think is going to be the next huge step uh, and I, uh, that's what we've been building the last three years was really dialing those in. Well, at first it was kind of just like, like, this is just the thing I'm doing. I don't have a big vision for it at first. Uh, but then when I brought it back to life after the hiatus, big vision, like you, you've seen, you've been around for at least five of my big visions and one of, you know, you know how excited I get when those big visions yep. come. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the that was the same exact level of energy and excitement I had when I decided to go full, uh, to go full in into the podcast, uh, like not just doing it weekly and weekly has nothing, the actual weekly has nothing to do with it, but not just like doing it at people's offices. Kind of, it's just like an extra thing for, for me to get to know the business community. Uh, there was that big vision in August, 2020, uh, where I was like, I think it was actually July. Uh, and I was like, super excited i was like this could be a number one podcast like uh i want a location downtown like joe rogan uh <laughs> and when i when i first got the location like the we didn't i didn't even have all the 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 microphone situation situated actually i i, I remember uh, we had dylan newman on of dart wars and i had him we were both labbed up we had labs on and that doesn't work because your lab is picking up my voice right and my because they're omnidirectional so i we had bleed ble- bleeding onto both so i couldn't really combine the audio without spending an extra two hours editing out and scooping out every other every other when someone's talking and not talking and so it was just the most and, it, and then i spent two hours scooping it out and cleaning it up and it was still subpar <laughs> have you ever listened to the podcast it's called startup have you ever heard of that before no I don't know how I've never told you about this. This is actually like so like the parallels are being drawn like in real time with us and wherever this was. Um, Startup was literally a podcast about someone starting up a podcast and like him walking himself through the stages of like building the podcast. And then the podcast eventually had like different types of podcasts. It became like its own kind of label we we're talking about before mm-hmm. the, the show. But this the first episode, the the owner, who's also the host, he uh, he was pitching to Chris Saka. Do you know who Chris Saka is? No. He's like a very famous person. Speaking of Silicon Valley, he's like a very famous, per- like a angel angel investor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very famous. He was he's been on Shark Tank before and stuff like that. But that was like the first episode. Is he, I think he had like his iPhone in his pocket and he was like pitching the idea of startup podcast to Chris Saka and be like, it's called Startup. It's a podcast and it's literally documenting like the journey of us doing this startup mm-hmm. as the podcast. And uh, it's really funny. Like I think you would really love it because is it a limited series? Uh, dude, it, it, just look it up on on mm-hmm. pod, on um app, wherever you get your podcast. Right, uh, mm-hmm. look it up. It's really good though because it talks about, like the whole progression through it and like how you got investments to start everything up, all these different rounds and mm-hmm. all these different things, getting the right people in place. It was like 
that was my introduction to podcasts. I think it came out in like 2014 or something like that. So it was like really early on. And they're like, mm-hmm. podcasts could be the new thing. And like, I listened to it. My buddy, Steve Morocco was the one who referred it to me. Um, but you like, you should, you should hear his first pitch of it to Chris Saka, who's a billionaire. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's like pitching it over like lunch or something like, and he's so nervous. And it's like, it's kind of cool to see p- the progressions. I think that's a big part of your stuff as well as like your progressions as a host, mm-hmm. who you were, you're talking about the mics and stuff and what it was before, like when you were just starting as opposed to what they are now. And mm-hmm. who knows five years from now, but it's cool to see that progression. I think a lot of the audience, uh, picks up on that and enjoys that. Like you growing up in front of the camera hosting as well because yeah. that the buy into you as the host you know mm-hmm. that's that's half the reason why they watch the podcast is because you as a host and then definitely who's on the show mm-hmm. um but that was like the best thing i've ever seen as far as like mapping out from like the beginning to like becoming an established like podcast mm-hmm. it was really cool it was really cool we should we should put that as homework or something <laughs> for sure uh to to uh just listen to that podcast it's called start oh listen to that podcast okay yeah i, I, I thought you said homework as in going in through the entire journey of the COS business podcast and making telling the telling a story about it, it's part. Uh, <laughs> that's the fun thing about startups is that you mm-hmm. can do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have a big vision, but not until you get your feet wet do you really know what mm-hmm. you're doing. You know, like that's why I love that we're kind of talking about like we're mind mapping now the framework of what we're where we're going to take this thing because now like you've gotten your feet wet, you know what this thing mm-hmm. is, and you know like what the platform is. I I, I probably know how to produce a podcast better than 90% of people in the world. Might be more. Yeah. It might <laughs> be even a higher percentage. Than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, 90% of people who know how to, let's say that, who know how to make a podcast. <laughs> and I, I just feel like I've gathered so much wisdom over the years, even before this podcast, uh, this, this podcast was really like a buildup of all the knowledge of the other podcasts that I did. And and then within doing this podcast has been a build up itself too, and it's really cool just to see. I, I lost my train of thought, so now I'm just talking on my ass. <laughs> Halfway while I was saying that, and I've done that. I do that sometimes. It's like I'm in the middle of talking, and I forget what I'm about, what I what I'm what I'm talking about. But I keep talking <laughs> just to make sure that there's no dead space. <laughs> we already talked about that. We can have dead space. It's fine. Just you yeah. and I talking. For yeah, sure. I'm gonna lean back. <laughs> no, we're talking about like formulating what the podcast was, like maybe a year or two into it, mm-hmm. versus like from the beginning, because everybody knows it's gonna change a lot from the beginning. And I mean, if you're an experienced entrepreneur, you could probably formulate from the beginning. But like when you're just kind of getting mm-hmm. into things and you're doing startups, it's probably gonna be something completely different mm-hmm. in less than two years than what you originally planned. It's good to have a plan in place, regardless. Yeah, but th- you know, it I, changes. Yeah. You know, I think I could definitely come in as a. Uh, whether I, I do a course or, or, or I help people build their podcast, I don't want to just help them build their podcast. I want them to understand all the aspects. I want them to know about the clips. I want them to know about uh, uh, there, there's there's ways to market the to, to, to market it. There's different kinds of funnels. There's different ways, different types of podcasts. Uh, what what is the systems that you can put in place to be successful from the get? Um, uh, one of the reasons why most people. Uh, uh, quit their podcast about 10 to 16 episodes into it is because they realize how much actual work it is. It's like you're doing so much, like, especially if you don't edit, like I'm, I'm thankfully already an editor. So that helps me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's actually one thing uh, when it comes to editing podcasts, me building the software that I'm building, I, that allows me to know more about editing a podcast than so many people because of the amount of hours I put in understanding every step and then and then a b testing which step works best 
because I'm building a software for it. So I got to do that. So I'm like, even if it's the smallest detail, it's like jumping from here to here. What order of clips do I place it on the timeline the best way? So it's like I'm optimizing that in the most very precise way so that I can train my computer to edit my podcast for me. And then I can create that software and, and sell it to you. <laughs> or sell it to someone who wants drop mic <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's cool man yeah we can't drop the mics with these stands though you can't drop the mic <laughs> no that's that's awesome um just kind of before we jump into the event stuff it's we have some exciting things happening and i'm sure our viewers have seen mm-hmm. some changes in the equipment but we are eventually you know we're looking at ways of expanding our podcast mm-hmm. and potentially even having more hosts or more guests on there mm-hmm. so there's it's, it's very exciting times for us as a podcast yeah, yeah. In, in that sense too and and uh like andrew just through the progression of things has gone to be such a great host and such a good listener, which is such a hard thing to do because we talk about it too. And anybody in any conversation knows this, but especially on podcasts, mm-hmm. it is a little bit nerve wracking. You might forget your thoughts, but it's hard to listen and then be like, oh, I have a great thought and then like save it to someone's done with what they're talking mm-hmm. about and then still remember it because yeah. you're trying to give them their attention as much as possible too. Uh, so there's an art to it. It's a skill. You know, uh, Simon Sinek, we've talked about him. We've quoted him on one of his episodes, I think. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I just, there's another great podcast called Diary of a CEO. I just got onto it. I think it started blowing up over the last five months because Jordan Peterson was on there five months oh, ago. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, but it's they, it's it's really good. It's but, with Simon? Yeah, no. Oh. Uh, it's with this uh, British guy. And he, oh. talk, he talks like this. <laughs> Always good to hear, yeah. <laughs> Robin Hood of Locksley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, and so, so, uh, Simon Sinek was on it and it was like about a couple weeks ago, I think actually, maybe even a few days ago, uh, it was relatively new, maybe a couple months ago, mm-hmm. new, <laughs> newish. Yeah. And one specific thing that he was talking to me about, uh, he was talking to me about it, but it felt like, it, <laughs> uh, was, are, are you listening or are you just waiting to talk? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's one of the biggest things to juggle when you're, when you're hosting a podcast. Cause it's like when someone says something, it gives you a cool idea. And then that's all you want to think about. And now you're not listening. You're just waiting to talk. And what's, yeah. And, and so him just saying it in that way was, was good. Dude, he has like <laughs> the best uh, callbacks to so many different things. But one of my favorite things he's ever taught is he was referring to Nelson Mandela. He was, I guess Nelson Mandela was, I think his, his parents were um, in a tribe mm-hmm. in Africa, right? And like their big thing in the tribe is that the leader always speaks last, which is not normal for an American meeting. Usually mm-hmm. American meeting, everybody comes in and then like I stand up, I'm the CEO. I'm like, all right, guys, here's what the agenda is going to be. Here's my thoughts. I'm boom, 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 boom. What are your all's thoughts? And everybody's just like, well, uh, I'm not really paying attention. I agree with whatever you say, Marcus, mm-hmm. you know, group speak or what's it called? Group, uh, group think. Um, his is the opposite. Nelson mm-hmm. Mandela's was the opposite. They literally went around the room and everybody got a fresh perspective of their own opinion before like the, the, the leader spoke. What I thought was really cool because it allows for people not to have that group think because yeah, you know, what happens if you call the, the, the bottom of the, the bottom of the totem pole person, like, Hey, what are your thoughts on this? Like, mm-hmm. what do you think about this? And they give you the real honest opinion. That's so important. You know, as mm-hmm. long as you're able to do that as a group, Oh gosh, that's so powerful. And it also shows like, the level of importance everybody has in a group, you know? Yeah. I think it allows for uh, non-biased thinking as well too, because I I actually do something similar like that sometimes, you know, it's like all before, before I let someone know what like instructions or, or certain types of things, I'm trying to think of an exact example and what, and it's making me lose my, uh, like lose my direction because I'm trying to think of that exact example. But what I'll do is 
before I say anything, I don't want to influence them, you know? I don't want to influence them. I want to hear what their organic thoughts is. And maybe it, with a lot of marketing, sometimes you can do that too when you're testing things out with, with you kind of want to see, okay, what do they say if we don't give them this information? What is their thoughts, you know? Uh, and then you can build off of that. I think that's huge. I think that's, uh, I think I've heard something similar to that as well too because you, you allow everyone to, to express what they're thinking. And then if you're the leader, that's what you should be doing. Uh, you should be making your decisions based off of the group, mm -hmm. uh, not what, how the group reacts to what you think is best, I think. <laughs> right. And it's, it's hard as a leader too. I mean, cause I've, I've known that for a long time and I feel like kind of sidetracking, but recon, we started recon like that. We went around the group and then the leader spoke last. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now I've, now I'm thinking back, I'm like, crap, man, the last like six months I've been like blabbering for like the first like 10 minutes. And then it's like, all right, everybody, I'm passing off to you, whatever. Okay. So I'm like, you gotta, rem you gotta constantly remind yourself of mm -hmm. those things too. It's super important to do. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it's that, that just reminded me of the toast offs that you do. Uh, oh, yeah. every, everyone around the room says something, and then the the, the person who's being toasted says says something back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's cool mm -hmm. too. Um, we do a thing with our group of friends where we just go around the room and say it's like a going away party or a birthday party. Everybody in the room gets to say at least something, you know, mm -hmm. to that person. It could be even be like, hey, you know, I don't really know you that well, but I got invited to this, and it seems like you have a really good community of friends. This is something special, and best wishes, mm -hmm. you know. But it gives everybody. It, it's like a good icebreaker. So like we used to do it at the very end of the parties. Um, now we're starting to do it more in the beginning of the parties because it's better icebreaker for everybody to like know more about each other and mm -hmm. have more intel about one another, uh, and that, that, that allows for the party mm -hmm. actually to morph into something more mature, mm -hmm. as opposed to like you learn. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that about this person. I wish I had more time to talk to him about that. You know, for sure. So it's cool. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. So I, there's always so many. I love talking about those things like groups and, and leadership and meetings specifically mm -hmm. and how to be more efficient, but also also to build a culture at the same time. It's so important, man. Like the art of having a meeting, I think is like a, uh, I think so many people, th there's so many oversights in it, you know? Yeah. 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 So, so people's tiny house, <laughs> yeah. how, how, how have you, uh, how's it been since last year when we talked about the, the people's tiny house festival? What do you got going on this year? It was such a blessing last year. Thank you so much for coming too. Um, at 35,000 people come to it. Thickest event I've ever done uh, on my own dime. And it was awesome. Um, <laughs> kind of backtracking to last year, and you know a lot more about this because you're one of my closest friends and my confidant and partner and a lot of things that we do. Um, but like you can do the best you can organizing and planning for things, but you just never know what's going to hit you at the last moment. And that's the scariest things about big events. Mm -hmm. And what I mean about that is we had a, compet a competitor event happen. I think it was the weekend before last year. Yeah. Um, they had and their they, event. They plan that after they seen that you. Yeah, they, every year. <laughs> I don't even want to get in the weeds about that, okay. but they always plan theirs like right before mine, just to kind of undercut us. Okay, mm -hmm. but what happened to them, which was to their detriment, is that like okay, they did that, but every participant that was there was like, well, we'll stay another week and go to the People's Tiny House Fest. Why not? You know. So uh, I got all their participants to come over to my festival. Which is do you cool. think they realized that? If not, if they're I think they did because if they're, if they're this year's three right weeks now, ahead. <laughs> yeah, so it's happening this weekend actually. Okay. Um, so with planning like i had a whole layout you can be like i was saying you can be prepared you can be like all right here's where everybody's going here's the layout here's the map let's get ready to print it and then it's like a week out it's like we doubled our participants and i was like oh, oh crap you. like mm -hmm. what is this what is this gonna look like so my festival was supposed to be all around grass 
And as Andrew knows, like we had to extend like this huge five acre dirt lot of more participants, which was supposed to be parking for our participants. It was like um, the desert. Yeah. You, so, had, you had the jungle and then you had the desert. Yeah. We had like the nice grass area with, with uh, trees and everything. And then we had the dirt lot, which was like our overflow of all the participants. Mm-hmm. And so like, again, like you just never can plan for everything. You never be too prepared in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Things always happen. That's just the, that's what events yeah. do. Had someone messing with the equipment on the stage, you know? Like... <laughs> you, so you got like a backstage pass to like a, uh, a lot of random things that happened. Yeah. Someone was drunk and got on the stage in the middle of the night and we yeah. had to go over there and yeah, we had to throw Andrew we had on to them. Check him. Yeah, we had to stick Andrew on them. Um, there go. Uh, <laughs> so it was it was an awesome event. Um, these events have always been morphing slowly to being more vans and school bus conversions more than tiny houses. It's mm-hmm. it's it's coming very interesting. So it's the people's tinier. Yeah, festival. It, it would be. It's morphing into like the people's simple living festival mm-hmm. is c- kind of what it's turning into, which is fine. That's mm-hmm. what I'm just. My job always has been as organizers to mirror. Um, everything regarding tiny living at, at my festival. So it's, if more people are getting into the vans or the school buses, like let's have a lot of those there. Um, that might piss people off or whatever, but my job is to only mirror what's going on. And that's what I do. Um, so every year it's changing. There's going to be a lot more vans, a lot more school buses this year, a little bit less tiny houses for sure this year. But regardless, I think we've got the rub to make like a really fun festival. Mm-hmm. It's going to be 95% live music this year. Instead of nice. like the, the panel discussions, which is fun and it's very educational and it's good. Is that more bands or just bands playing longer? Um, both. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> last year I think we had like three bands. This year we have six. Nice. That we've hired um, Wirewood Station out of Wirewood the Springs. Station. They're coming back, which they've been every year in my festivals, which is super exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, we have another one called Mojo Filter, who's at a monument too, who's coming. Nice. Um, and then a guy named Gus Mesa as well out of the Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like to include what about Springs Arbor? flavor. Arbor, Arbor season, Arbor yeah, season? They're, but they're not out of the springs, but they're coming again, and then they nice. have a lot of their like a uh, fellow DIYer slash dweller. Yeah, they're Canadian. They're Canadian, right? Actually, I don't know yeah, if they are. I think they are. They are. Yeah. Oh, cool! <laughs> Sweetest people ever. Like they're like an ambassador for our festival for us. They okay. get like more DIYers come. To, they're just like, the coolest people. Andrew got to meet them last year. Mm-hmm. So cool. So all those people are coming back this year, and then we're doubling food trucks because last year we had like a forty-five minute to an hour wait for. Um, food and we had six food trucks we thought that was enough so we're doubling that up we already got all of them vetted through as well and then we have a lot more vendors this year too so it changes every Mm year um but like been so blessed with like all the sponsorships and everything up front like last year i talked about like going all in on every one of these festivals was just like very nerve-wracking and i'm still going all in but this is the first time in my life where like i can you're stepping out too i'll be okay you're stepping away a little bit too right yeah, I'm I'm doing I'm doing things a little bit differently this mm-hmm. way, um, or this year rather. Mm-hmm. But it's um, it's a good thing. It's a good thing for me to have um such success last year and be able to have some money aside for other things I might be doing on top of recon, on top mm-hmm. of COS business podcast or the event. So I'm I'm planning on different things to differ- differentiate myself. I don't know exactly what the outlook looks like for the festival. If I'm going to be the main one organizing it. In future years, maybe I am. Maybe I just do Van Life Festival. I don't know. Um, but this year is, is definitely something special going around this year. So I'm excited to do it and put it on and be as hands-on as I possibly can with the People's Tiny House Festival. So mm-hmm. I'm pumped. And one last thing, too. Like, 
it's special to me because one, it's my first like major business that's ever had success. And two, it's been a family affair. As Andrew knows, like my whole family is there. Oh, so yeah. they managed ticketing. My, my grandfather just passed away in December, but he was at every festival essentially mm-hmm. uh, minus last year. Cause he was already getting older and sick. Um, mm-hmm. and like, it's been, it's been a family affair from the very beginning. My sister, my nieces, nephew, nephews, um, have all been a part of it too. So mm-hmm. it's cool, man. It's cool to see that at uh, that aspect. And, um, when you do things like this, it's, it's really eye opening to see who has your back when you need it most, mm-hmm. you know, who's going to step in when you need them. For um, sure. and it's just really special. I don't know how to like, uh, really put the feeling into words. It makes you feel really like mm-hmm. really blessed to have those people step in and stuff like that. That's why I always love that you're a part of it and you've, like we had such a big impact on it last year. We we did the podcast on stage last yeah. year and we're welcome to do that again this year if mm-hmm. we want to, because it is segmented in if we want to do that. Oh, you have it already segmented. Yeah. So if okay. we want to do it, we can, it's yeah. already in there. We can have something up there. Um, it's going to be that. And then the Paul Wedgwood award. We're going to need to set aside an hour or two of, of strategy. Yeah. Uh, like a week or two before, like, yeah, just to make sure that, that we're kind of, uh, situated just a little bit better but also doing it last year and i've also done literally like so many events since then yeah i have so much more experience with that so (laughs) so it's like having to deal with all that stuff because last year is is uh and i'm talking of course right when that thing resets (laughs) (laughs) uh but it's cool because it'll be on you uh last year we basically accidentally killed our main software, our main hardware for the podcast on stage. So crazy. <laughs> or at least sent it to, to, to its death. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, we've been using this and it's been good so far, except for that it's been kind of glitching out. And I think that's just because, I mean, it, it gets one out of every, I mean, I've used it over a hundred times. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I don't know. It's mostly, it's, it's, it's a 1% type of thing. Yeah. It's like a 1%, maybe even more than that. Maybe I don't notice it, but it's, it's, I don't know. This thing is designed to be recorded in long term. I mean, it's called the pod track four. So it's like, <laughs> it's designed for long, but it, it's been about a year since we've had it though. And it's, mm-hmm. it's gotten a lot of use. It's traveled with me to different States. Uh, you know, it's been not thrown around, but kind of thrown around, I guess you could say. Uh, <laughs> I make sure it's in my backpack, though, so it's not thrown around <laughs> on the air- airplanes, uh, the, the checked bags. They'll throw your, they'll throw your shit, dude. They'll, they'll grab your luggage, your checked bags, and they'll toss it onto the conveyor belt, oh, dude. Oh, dude, I know they will. I know they will. It's <laughs> Right insane. in front of you. <laughs> yeah, they don't give crap. They don't give shit, for sure. It's, yeah, I mean, they're... That's that's a whole nother bag of, of crazy whole crap nother, we can talk about. Uh, <laughs> you know? A whole nother bag of checked bags. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But it's, it's going to be a good event. I also want to talk about the Paul Wedgwood Award. I don't know if we've even talked about that on this show before, which is so important, right? It's the most. Mm-hmm. So they have the People's Choice Award, which is like the mm-hmm. the voted uh, award for the the favorite model brought to the event it can be a house or van or whatever mm-hmm. it's uh, everybody gets to vote who comes in so all the patrons get to vote for their favorite model it's the it's the the favorite model right mm-hmm. um but the paul wedgwood award is something that we do in uh, our partnership with mattersville who drew's been on this mm-hmm. podcast before and we talked about paul on his episode i think yeah we did i think a little bit on that but paul wedgwood was my best friend he passed away he had uh, he took his own life it was a ptsd suicide and he was my best friend and he had a lot of great characteristics um about him that we want to keep alive 
um, and forever live. So we honor a veteran suffering from PTSD in the community every year Mm -hmm. um, in honor of him. So we've done it. I think we've done it three years. This will be the fourth year for it. And this year is going to be very, very special. Um, I'll just give that as a little bit of a teaser. It's uh, it's going to be very, it's going to be some waterworks going on this one. And uh, you're going to love this one too. So we might have to do something special for that too, but it's going right after the podcast. So right Mm -hmm. then the show, and uh, yeah, you're gonna get excited. I'll show you. Okay. I'll show you tonight um, when we do our little pre-planning nice. um, party. I'll I mean, show you tonight if, the awards. I already I, have the awards. If so. I could throw a camera in front of someone's face while they're most vulnerable and crying, I'll down. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do. Yeah, and we'll have to talk more. But like Andrew last year, also like there's so many things that morph every year. But you became like a big personality of the festival. You were going around with your camera and like doing like walkthroughs and tours of different mm-hmm. types of rigs. Like people are like, dude, I want him to do my rig. That was awesome. I saw him doing his thing like over here really? in the okay. school bus and like learning the vernacular of like what a schoolie is and all these oh, different yeah. things and like kind of just like mingling with a lot of the people. They mm-hmm. love that stuff, man. They love recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing of leadership. People will die for recognition. Mm-hmm. It's important for you to like, no matter what, like any team you lead to give, you know, those people who, they might not want anything from you, but if you recognize them mm-hmm. in front of the group, like that means everything. Um, and I'm making sure yeah. that I'm doing that this year more than I've ever done it. So yeah, I've I've got some ideas to discuss. We could discuss them right now or or later. Uh, I mean, I mean, just thinking is like, do we want to do vertical? Do we want to do? Because do we want to do vertical in short, or horizontal in five minutes, or both? I don't know. I want to do vertical and short. Okay. I want to hit a lot of jabs out there. Maybe um, the winner gets gets a gets a longer, uh, more detailed kind of yeah crib kind of thing. MTV you know? cribs, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I mean, we could do the vertical and short under a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. Under a minute's kind of hard when it comes yeah. to the interviews, uh, just because. But I can edit things down to. I'm I'm good at uh, boiling things down uh, to the highlights, to the to the most interesting aspects, and that's what's cool about doing. I think. One cool thing about doing one-minute shorts is that it allows you to uh, boil down the creme de la creme, the thing that's most interesting and the most engaging, and cut out all the fat, you know? And Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just funny because a lot of people would be like, well, dude, it's only like a tiny house. There's not much to cover, but you're, you forget like a tiny house, a van, school bus – like every square mm-hmm. inch of that sucker has some kind of functionality to it. So and, like and you can every, really get yeah. into the weeds, right? Like mm-hmm. you're saying, like everything has a, a, a function. story. Yeah. Every little piece has a story too. Uh, you know, it's like so, a lot of these DIYers, they, they built it themselves. They know exactly what went into this little aspect in their, in their thing. Like maybe they did something that was super innovative and cool that they think, and they can really go into that, you know? Uh, there's every every little thing has a story there. So yeah, meaning and significance. It can even be a certain mm-hmm. color that means something to them. So mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah, it's it's cool. Like I've I've enjoyed this this whole journey with the events, and it's so funny because I've gotten a lot of people wanting me to consult on their events just because of how large my event is, and like you learn so much when you mm-hmm. put together a large event like that. And uh, I'm thinking too that after the event this year, I'm probably gonna like lean more into like helping out Colorado Springs community events more in some way, shape or form, at least having like a availability to do it. At least like, I don't even care if it's volunteering, but just helping because mm-hmm. I've gained a lot of good wisdom and experience from this that can be contributed to Southern Colorado. And I, I missed that. That's the one thing I do miss about being here mm-hmm. and doing my festival here was that, you know, I, I missed contributing to our community, yeah. to our economic impact, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think that's the way I'm going to, be able to at least fulfill that void yeah 
Yeah, because when you do events, like like a lot of people may not know, uh, that event is more than just what's going on at the event. It allows uh, everyone who's going to that event, especially if it's drawing outside uh, people, or, or even if it's drawing inside people, maybe maybe it has economic development for a concentrated area. You know, it's like people are going out, they're they're buying food at these places, they're going to grocery stores, they're checking out all the the local cultural things, you know, and right. and contributing to the community, the ec- the economic impact of that community. And events are more than just what's going on at the event. It it, it trickles out. And so, so important. Mm-hmm. Like anybody who's ever loved any city, like the first thing they say is it's built off the events, nightlife, mm-hmm. the the bars. Like, these are all little mini events, right? So yeah. like, and then like you think about Fort Collins and I know you haven't been up there too much, but like the reason why they're so, well, one is they have so many breweries around there. So they, and all the breweries are doing events all the time, mm-hmm. but they have Taste of Fort Collins, which is like this massive whole citywide event. They have... Um, New West Fest, they have all these huge, I mean, they get like Ice Cube, mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg, like they get all these like huge headliners. This tiny town, like 170,000 people in it. Mm-hmm. And they're able to draw that because of the events that they do. Um, it's special. And that's that's something I want to contribute to the Springs about, cause, or to the, to the Springs, because we have a lot of people trying to step in and do that and they're doing a really mm-hmm. good job. And I know I can just contribute a few in a really years, good way. We're going to have so much more. <laughs> Definitely. We've had a lot of, a lot of new things going in downtown. And I speak to a lot of people who may, might not have been downtown the past few years because they don't know. Cause we had the stigma for a long time of like the one downtown that has no, nothing going on. We have a lot going on now. Mm-hmm. We just had a fan fest yesterday, which I was is like that. I was about to say that. I, I seen that. I didn't know. I exactly. Know what That's what I'm saying. That's my favorite yeah. event that they do here. Yeah. Don, Donnie, uh, Corum, uh, Coram, uh, I always say his name wrong. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I say Corum. I, I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. I always yeah. get sidetracked. Dude. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he's, he's right across the street and he was like filming off of his loft, off of his uh, condo, uh, you know, because it's right off of Tejon, right here where we're at, you know. And I was like, what the hell is FanFest? What is it? FanFest is like a, an event that the city puts on before the the hill climb, the Pikes Peak hill climb. Oh, yeah, I did look a, into it. That yeah. a lot of international mm-hmm. attention. It's one of the I deadliest races in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a race to uh, up Pikes Peak. Mm-hmm. And uh, they used to have motorcycles, too. They outlawed that a couple of years ago because, like I said, most deadly one of the most deadly races in the world um a motorcyclist died two years ago on it and you can probably understand how because there's no guardrails you're going up a 14 years ago you sure it was two years ago? i'm it was two or three years okay. ago it was very recent okay i know it wasn't last year that, as much just just a couple weeks ago i've been here for three years exactly oh wow yeah. so you're you're here no matter what for it. yeah um it wasn't like i probably didn't catch it though know? yeah um but yeah, someone's died on it like at least every other year I've been here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's super deadly. Um, but again, it draws a lot of international attention. Um, they filmed uh, Fast and the Furious on the Pikes Peak Highway going up there. It's a famous highway. They did that? Yeah, they did Which the- Which Fast and the Furious? Um, number 12? <laughs> I know, right? The last <laughs> one that Paul Walker ever was on. Oh, really? They, they had to do, I think they had to film the ending- like CGI him in the ending. I remember it. that ending. Is it I Fast Six that, or something or Seven? I've seen that one. Yeah, so there's yeah. like, a, I don't know if it's at the end. It's like probably in the middle of the movie. They're and like, I'll see you again. I think it was that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because that's when that's how Charlie Puth got famous because of because yes. of because of that Paul Walker moment because of Paul Walker dying. Charlie Puth got famous. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how that happens sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but. So it's it's famous, and that's what FanFest is about. It's kind of celebrating the the cars or whatever that's going to be doing the race. Mm-hmm. So I think you know who Ken Block is? 
he's like a really famous uh, driver. He does like mm-hmm. some of the coolest drifts videos. It probably and his name's Block. Ken Block. It's you funny how that works, you know. Like people go uh, go by their name. I wish I knew more about this. <laughs> it's like the something Kana, Jimmy Kana. I don't remember what it's called. Okay. But, um, he does this famous uh, video with like drifting around like a city or whatever it might be. Um, and for anybody who's like a, a junkie with cars, Bull, we'll know Red about. Red Bull sponsored probably him on one of the things that I've seen. I think. I think Red Bull. I, I know and there's there's some definitely crazy Monster. Okay. Definitely does. Um, and sometimes he'll drive like a souped up Ford focus or something but it's like you don't even think it's a ford focus when it's like all souped up it's oh, yeah. it's sweet um he's super famous for it. he's he's done a lot of things with travis pastrana okay i think they're actually partners in some things too that they do um but anyways he's super famous he was supposed to race up there today and like something happened with his vehicle so he wasn't able to do it oh i've seen yeah. that yeah so i think he was here it was like last a green night. Ca- it was a green car edgar posted about it oh i think you're right yeah yeah and then jeff post- posted about it too oh really <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we, we have a lot of great things here in the, in the springs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to be able well, we to contribute have, we have to that. Pikes Peak, you know, we got mountains and we're close to them. And that was my main, main my main draw to Colorado Springs in that it wasn't sardine packed. Uh, Dude, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's the stigma and a lot, there's a lot of stigmas here, but like whenever I lived anywhere else in Colorado and they talked about the springs, like some of them loved them. Some of them were like, oh, springs. And I'm like, mm-hmm. we have so many garden, the gods, Pikes mm-hmm. Peak, seven falls, the Olympic, training center oh, yeah. the olympic museum they have so many great things we just need somebody to package it all up and tie it all together yeah. and like celebrate that because like who all knows besides people that live here that it's olympic city usa mm-hmm. who all knows that like who's not no. from colorado yeah. springs no one that's pretty only, cool only olympians probably that's pretty cool you know <laughs> um we have to like yeah. it's cool to, i think right now we're in the process of like getting everybody to like know that top of mind here mm-hmm. in the springs but there is gonna be a time where one the, the state's gonna have to know and the, the rest of the united yeah. states is gonna have to know well, I'm sure I'm sure I wasn't the only one. Uh, when I when I when I was told that hey we're going to Colorado Springs to do some construction, uh, are you in? I was like, <laughs> I was like, cool. I thought I was going to Denver. I thought it was a suburb of Denver. I didn't oh, wow. realize it was its own like separate thing. I mean, it's an hour drive, which is pretty close to a big city. And I mean, an hour being an hour away from a big city such as Denver mm-hmm. is is pretty close borderline metro but not at all you know it's right. like an, it's an it's an hour you know <laughs> right but uh i mean it could take you an hour just to get from the bottom of denver's metro to the top of denver's metro mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah it's big yeah and uh so it's like it's not that far and i mean on the map that's where i thought i was going but i didn't find out until i was actually here that they're completely different uh like they're they I mean it's just too i mean it, the only thing we get from denver is the homeless people and no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, we are building ourselves like mm-hmm. our own little self-identity. And there's a lot of great players that we know who are helping contribute to that and like the future of the Springs, which is super exciting too. I think every time I've come on here, I've talked about like the amazing people that we have, you know, that mm-hmm. have like, and they're all, the funny thing is they're all transplants, which is mm-hmm. kind of hilarious if you think about it. They're all transplants. And these are all the people who are like taking the vision of the Springs and like throwing out that huge blanket to other people to adopt and be mm-hmm. like, yeah, that well, sounds of, awesome. A lot of them are millennials too. Yep. Uh, I actually, when I first moved out here, I, I read an article saying that uh, Colorado Springs almost every year gets published in one magazine of being the number one place to live in America, uh, one magazine or another. And it was the number one place for millennials to live. You know, that was that, that article, that publication. Colorado Springs continuously gets placed in different publications of being one of the top places to live in the world. <laughs> right. And it's pretty cool. <laughs> but it's, it's like we're such a... 
big and small city at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of little mini pockets. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm from Northgate. Mm-hmm. Like we had no reason to ever come downtown or anywhere else because we had everything in Northgate. Oh, yeah. And it's probably even worse now because they have like Whataburger, In-N-Out, oh, yeah. Top Golf. Like all that big amphitheater that's going there, mm-hmm. it's going to be rivaling Red Rocks is in their hopes at least of what it's going to yeah. do. So like if we're able to like centralize that downtown, whatever that that vibe, that taste that we're trying to give mm-hmm. our city, it's going to be game over. Like we mm-hmm. have a lot of infrastructure to be as big a, as Denver, even yeah. area wise we do, you know? And it's like whether we want it or not, that's coming. That's happening. Like, yeah. Whether you want it or not, like cities grow, especially ones with this potential as Colorado Springs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's exciting t- at times to mm-hmm. be a millennial. Gen- I mean, every generation, but it's exciting times to just live here in the Springs too, mm-hmm. just because, you know, it's, it's kind of a change of guards going on right now. Mm-hmm. It's pretty exciting. And we know um, so many people who are doing so many fun things to build a melting pot in the Springs, um, mm-hmm. which makes it so much more exciting. I think that's why you and I get jazzed about, this town you know and like laying our roots here it i think people underestimate like that decision like that's an important decision and it doesn't come lightly for any person of course right to lay your roots down in a city Mm -hmm. um this city didn't have that for a long time it was the city of like you go to college and then you leave for denver fort collins or boulder or Mm -hmm. out of state or whatever um and that guard's changing or you're here for for the military and then you you leave and you may come back. Very transient Actually, that's town. what happens. That, a lot of, I think, the transplants are ex-military who were stationed here at one point in time, and they liked it. You know, that's actually a common theme I've seen. Mm-hmm. I was just talking about Dylan Newman earlier. That's, he's one of those guys. <laughs> Dylan? Uh, the guy who owns Dart Wars. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Oh, I, was, I brought him up when I was talking about how, like, he, he was, the episode, we, he, we were on lav mics. You know, that's what I was saying. <laughs> right. Uh, but he's, he, I mean, this, he's a good example of someone who was in uh, the, uh, the military who came here and... Uh, you know, was traveling, lived in Germany and stuff like that for the military and decided to ultimately plant his roots here when he, when he uh, retired. Um, and he was doing like a lot of the Spartan races and stuff like that. He was like organizing a lot of those. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to throw that detail in there. I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I mean, layers on to why the city's like, there's so many different people, different stacks of life who like adopt this place for different mm-hmm. reasons, you know? It's a lot cool. of it is military, though. Yeah. That, a lot that, of that is the big well, We have draw. four military installations here. We mm-hmm. would have had five with the uh, Space Force, but I think they might be leaving here soon. We're trying to fight that. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, it's definitely a military town, but it's it's changed a lot, too. It's not mm-hmm. just a military town now. I mean, a we long have time Cheyenne it was Mountain, a military right? town. That's it. But it's turning into other things, which mm-hmm. is exciting. What were you saying? Well, I was just, I was just saying it's we have Cheyenne Mountain, you know? Yeah. Like, NORAD. That's, that's, that's a massive piece of military whatever you call it you know <laughs> yeah norad's ridiculous mm-hmm. it used to be where um any high up official would go to you know seek safety away from nuclear threats yeah i mean it's it's legit that's why um, i think it still is probably huh? yeah the springs probably is high up there on on like at least security you know, yeah and and, mm-hmm. and for other countries like if they were to ever seek an attack like this this town is on a list somewhere you know just because I've, of that. I've, I've already thought about that so many times <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like it, it makes you feel safe you know being being yeah. being around so many military things but it also makes you feel like a target too <laughs> yeah well the one thing we have here too is a very very high level of cybersecurity. i think a lot of the installations mm-hmm. specifically regarding cybersecurity and, and i've thought and about that government. too i bet every message i've ever sent in this town has been very <laughs> sc- thoroughly well, i don't know what you're sending andrew but <laughs> i don't want to know yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's, there's a lot going on here, man. It's, it's, it's cool, you know? And, you know, with the festival, I, th- I feel like it's, it's 
it's built out its own little flavor, which is super special too. I wanted to get your opinion. Of, okay. So last time we spoke about, it, you hadn't been to one yet. Um, and you get a different perspective cause you kind of get behind the curtain type of things like all oh, crap going wrong too, but it's a cool perspective. Nonetheless, like what, what did you think of the festival last year? Um, and like, what were some highlights for you? Mm-hmm. Um, what did I think of the festival? specifically yeah and then like maybe some highlights you can include that in your answer too. yeah i mean it was just it was fun for me because i like being a part of of something big and you know and i I wanted to be there to help you too as well um i didn't really get 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 to go and see a lot of the inside of except for the ones that i filmed Mm -hmm. uh and then i was also like uh editing on my phone a lot of the time uh too uh getting getting some edits done i was in in the cool in the cool air because it was like 95 <laughs> degrees <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh Gosh. i was i was in the cool air editing so i mean a lot of the things you know uh but you know i just thought it was it was cool you know be, being there with friends and being there to help out and see how you were doing things for, for me to to experience the operations of an event at that scale was was fun that's the thing i like you know i wasn't there for the tiny house festival i was there for the operation of the tiny house festival <laughs> yeah. yeah so i mean it, it's like you know it's like tiny houses are cool but they're not my my thing you know right. so it's like i that that wasn't the ex- running a business is my thing so that's what i was excited about there and being there to support my friends right and you know have, having brian be there you know camping out in the grass <laughs> you know and it was it was just a fun experience you know and um just kind of you know I just like the bonding. The the camaraderie was the best part for me. And then uh, afterwards, you know, ha- ha- having uh, just, you know, I don't know, man. That, that was kind of my, my thoughts of it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was popping. I thought it was cool uh, to see how, how you were doing the logistics behind everything, things I didn't even think of. Uh, it's like you don't think about parking, you know. Uh, you don't. You don't think about how much of a logistics nightmare that is. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to having that many people come to your festival, and uh, you know you have to have people running that. You know, like consist like you have to have spe- people specifically for that. You know, <laughs> and, yeah. and and if you don't, you you're probably going to get a lawsuit on your hand or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've been through it all already. Mm-hmm. Been sued from the event. I've done the event in fields. Mm-hmm. Um, we did our very first event. And the Air Force Academy right in front of Falcon Stadium. And gosh, that's like, you never know how uh, nice it is to have marked out parking lots than when you are doing an event in a field because mm. you have to park every individual car oh, yeah. perfectly or you'll get jagged lines, you'll get people hitting each other's oh, yeah. car. Um, it's like you immediately have to put like 10 times more personnel in the parking specifically when it's just a field Mm -hmm. rather than be like you know go through here park go through here park like people Mm -hmm. understand that um so again that's kind of the breadth of experience that you learn when you Mm -hmm. do these things outdoor events you know weather's always gonna be an element no matter what colorado in july it's either gonna be super hot or it's gonna rain or hail all those are you know things that are not gonna be very nice for people for too long right so Mm -hmm. you have to plan for that and um, this year, we're actually partnering up with the Home Expo next door. They they were there last year. They're mm-hmm. called the Northern Colorado Home Expo. They're the, the Home Expo. Um, the, the 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 company that does that is called Nationwide Expos. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they'll have their own home show going on next door. So say if something does happen with the weather, people will be able to go into the Home Expo and kind of 
wait out the weather yeah. as opposed to like go home. That's what we don't want them to do, mm-hmm. right? We want to stay enjoy the festival as long as they can. There's going to be live music the whole time. So we want to make sure that yeah. like those people are getting eyeballs on them who are playing music as well and all the different things that we have going on at the festival. But, mm-hmm. you know, like just like I was saying, like you do learn so much, like even when you're just observing, you know, the event and how it's going on. But like, and people don't think about this. Like I have a schedule the whole week of the festival, like mm-hmm. when I need to get a U-Haul, when the media is coming on this day, when load-in is. Like, a good example is the Friday before the festival. The festival starts Saturday. 7 a.m. to 5 p.m., every 10 minutes, someone's loading in for 10 hours straight. Mm-hmm. Someone's loading in for te- every 10 minutes. So think loading about that. In, like putting their Yeah, so bringing a house, bringing a, a vendor coming in or whatever. So every 10 minutes, someone new is coming in and mm-hmm. we're checking them in for 10 hours straight. Yeah. That's you know, funny. and like not many people <laughs> think about that. They're like, oh, they all come and like you just play. Like, no, nah, that's yeah. not how these bigger events work. You know, no. you have to be mm-hmm. prepared for that. Like how many badges they're going to have? What are you going to hand out to them? What's the Wi-Fi? What's the rules that they're camping overnight? Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 you know? Um, so like it's a lot. It's a lot. And the good thing about it is like at this point, like most of that stuff I already have like created or I've thought of or like we screwed up on in the past and we've learned from. Um, so I'm at a very different part of my life where like the festival is pretty well. We talked about automation on our mm-hmm. last episode. Like automation is very um, put in place for the festival at this point mm-hmm. too, which is cool, you know? And um, I want to do other events. I don't know what it looks like, like, but I want to organize other events eventually as well. Um, I love the van life movement. It's, mm-hmm. it's one, it's easier to get them to an event. Um, rather than the tiny house, we have to get like a, you know, a dually truck or a semi to come and pick them up and drive them all the way across the country. Mm-hmm. It's a van. It's on four wheels. Right. Yeah. Um, and I love one, the customers, because the customers are like either like millennials who are like looking for alternative options for affordable living or they're baby boomers who want like a freaking sweet, you know, Sprinter, Mercedes Sprinter mm-hmm. that's 150 grand or something like that. Um, but either way, like they have it, they, they, their ideologies are very Colorado, which is they love the outdoors. Um, they love to travel and see things um, and, and experiences are very important to them. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's that's awesome. It's Again, easier event to put together. The ideologies of all the people involved is fun. Get along with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll see what happens with that. See if, um, you know, if that's a next year type of thing for me or if it's, you know, five years from now. But mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. And I think there's something very special happening in the van life movement. If you don't know what the van life movement, again, it's just people who are um, building out these. They're either called conversion vans um, or camper vans. Really the same thing, depending where you live. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're either like living in them full time or they have them for recreational purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can have anything from just like, you know, a bed in there and maybe a sink to like fully like, um, swagged out type of like a van with a, with a bed, a shower, a sink, a toilet, whatever it might be. Um, it's special and it's happening a lot. And they're like builders for those different types of, uh, uh vans are sprouting up everywhere. Um, it's kind of cool and special to see. Um, you even see celebrities now buying a bunch of them. I just mm-hmm. posted a Jason Momoa video oh, yeah. I've seen that, three yeah. weeks ago about it. As he, like, he was like in the shower and then he went into Whole Foods. Yeah. And I know the yeah. builder of that van. So it's, it's cool, right? Yeah. So you just get to know like, oh, I know the builder of that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, celebrities are getting it too. I mean, they use it for a lot of different things too. Yeah. So that's funny. Like, cause that's similar how people in the construction industry, if you ever j- driven, if you ever in a car with someone who builds buildings in town, they're like, oh, I built that, you know. Oh, I built that, <laughs> you know. <Right. laughs> kind of, kind of feeling like that. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, man. So, uh, so what is 
the draw? What what brings people to want to come to the Tiny House Festival? Oh man, uh, we talked about this l- last year, but mm-hmm. it's different stacks of people. Um, so the, the the draw is always different. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like, like I was, why would someone in Loveland or, or someone somewhere why would they want to come to the festival? To my festival mm-hmm. specifically, mm-hmm. there's so much draw, right? So we know specifically going on in Colorado right now. Actually, in the U.S., we know for sure right now because of the state of where we are as a country. Mm-hmm. The housing is skyrocketing. Yeah. Um, rent skyrocketing. Um, housing prices are skyrocketing. Um, so people are seeking alternative options for affordability. Um, now we've started to dub it as like simple living. Um, so they're curious more than ever mm-hmm. to seek other options besides buying a you know six hundred thousand dollar house. Um, what's a tiny house? What the heck is that? What's the regulations? What's the zoning? They're mm-hmm. curious. We get a lot of curious people who have never even sat or stepped inside a tiny house before, or even read an article. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. You'll get like the diehards who want to hear the panels, who've like been to 10 festivals, who know all the builders come. And then you get like the people who are like, I've. They kind of just want to learn more about. Kind I of- want to know what this is all about. Mm-hmm. They look kind of funny. I don't know if I can live in 180 square feet, but let mm-hmm. me check it out. Let me step foot in one of them. Let me fill it out. Yeah. Or my girlfriend dragged me to event, it and right? I end up loving it. And yeah. what we find is like the, the gals typically like the houses. And the men typically like mm-hmm. the bands. That's just kind of funny too, you know? Yeah, that's um, kind of interesting. Yeah, but mm-hmm. again, it, it all depends. But like you get all those stacks of people. You get like the people who are like looking for like literally alternative living options to the people who are like, these are sweet. I want to throw it in the cabin in the woods type of vibe on my mm-hmm. land, 20 acres in Cripple Creek. Yeah. You could you could even Airbnb it if you want to. That's what John does. Uh, yeah. yeah. He has, uh, I think he has like some tiny houses. Beloved that, Cabin. Yeah. yeah. yeah John Kernahan, our, our MC, who does a bunch of these festivals on the mm-hmm. East Coast, he does Beloved Cabin. And he's been like, Airbnb is a major sponsor of him. He's like the face of Airbnb and tiny houses, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, Airbnb is huge. And he's the face of like most of the tiny houses on Airbnb. Yeah. Um, they've even doing, just to think, this is not something so small, guys. Like, a lot of my friends are also involved in a bunch of like a uh, HGTV specials that are coming out. Um, mm-hmm. They're also being produced on Netflix too. So um, it's, it's still blowing up. Tiny houses are still blowing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny, you get these sub things like vans and school buses too mm-hmm. on it. So you have like all these different things sprouting out depending on like the feasibility of what people are able to attain in their areas. Tiny houses mm-hmm. obviously depends on the zoning and the County, the zoning in the County, whether or not you can even place this thing in there. Yeah especially when they're on trailers, you know, if there's a tiny house on a permanent foundation, you can probably get it, get it uh, a lot more. It's easier to pass that because mm-hmm. it's immovable. So they can tax that. Cause it's like, it's always going to be there, mm-hmm. but how do you tax something that's always, how do you do property taxes on something that's always moving? Yeah. It's hard. That's why it's hard for the government to classify these things as mm-hmm. permanent living, per- permanent living spaces, mm-hmm. you know, or are they just an RV that something's recreational purposes and you, you're not supposed to live them in, in them full time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what what I think I heard someone saying, or there was an article. Someone was saying that there's been, I, maybe I'm misremembering, but maybe they were saying that what what I am remembering, and it may be misremembering, is that they're saying the tiny house movement was actually shrinking. Is it's, there something it, going it, on like that? It's morphing. Morphing. It's definitely morphing. Okay. Well, think about what we were just saying too. So, it's hard for okay. So you go to a tiny house show. You're like, I want that tiny house. Great. Yeah, you can buy that tiny house. Okay, so where am I going to be able to put it? Well, that's a whole other problem to figure out. Where am I going to put it? Mm-hmm. Can I put it there? Is it possible for me to put it there? Is it in the mountains of wherever, you know, mm-hmm. Larimer County? or wh- like? Where do- so there's a lot of friction points. We talked about friction points earlier on about convenience. 
as we know in, in our in the human race right now, convenience is becoming a big pivotal thing in a lot of people's lives. Get things delivered to you. You're really, you're getting mm-hmm. less friction in things for convenience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing that's happening in the tiny house um, movement, mm-hmm. right? So that's why more people are moving towards vans because it's like. I can go take this van and I can go live and park up at Walmart's for the next year or two. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I don't need to have bit buy a, a truck to move it. It's got its own, it's, it's on four wheels. Mm-hmm. So it's changing. It's changing. So like you see things that are blowing up separately than just tiny house now, van life movement, school bus conversions. Mm-hmm. Those are starting to really, really take off. Yeah. I mean, I guess, it's, do you have an idea of what they might've been talking about because uh, i think they were saying something negative was happening yeah you get a lot of pushback from local government that's the main thing um so you know you're a builder in uh cheyenne wyoming and they, all of a sudden they say hey these are not allowed here well mm-hmm. you're a builder here what are you gonna do you're probably gonna have to either pivot or you're gonna close up your doors mm-hmm. and during this any new movement whatever there's always going to be a big point where a lot of the people go out of business because it's the wild west. It's just starting out. Mm-hmm. That's why that saying uh, pioneers get slaughtered and settlers prosper. Mm-hmm. Anything in any, any new industry always has the same thing. MySpace. Mm-hmm. I loved MySpace. Yeah. A lot more capabilities on MySpace than you did on Facebook, but it was a pioneer. They got slaughtered. They got something that mm-hmm. came out after it. That was a little bit more user-friendly and a little bit simpler for people to adopt to. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with had the a tiny house fire behind it too. Yeah, so I mean, it's, 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 it happens with everything. That's why it's interesting about, you know, like we can get into like the crypto thing. That it, a lot of that is happening there too, and a lot of it's happening in the tiny house movement. A lot of the people who have been able to stand their ground or grow during this, um, they either had to be like really put the foundation early on and build upon that, mm-hmm. or they wouldn't survive. So that's what's happening. Um, it's always an influx, influx of new builders coming in, old bu- builders dying out. So happens with everything yeah and yeah yeah for sure and i was just thinking about like with competition you know that can make things uh well when there's when there's more people in the market it makes it harder to break into the market if you're running it as a business but i mean if you just want a tiny house go go make a tiny now you have more options you know (laughs) now you can get it fully customized and done for you and like like it's a freaking pizza you know (laughs) yeah and you always have naysayers with everything Mm -hmm. so some people are like these are just um, glamorized RVs or trailers. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. You know, and mm-hmm. tiny houses has been around for a long time. Actually, they have a, yeah. they have a long history. Actually, uh, that has morphed into from a hippie uh, kind of movement to a kind of new age hippie kind of movement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, it all again goes back into the stacks of people. You'll see like yeah. the conservatives go in there and there's a lot of them at my festival that are like, mm-hmm. no, I'm just looking to throw this on my land. I want a cabin in the woods or I want to make money from this by Airbnb it. Like there's the conservatives coming in mm-hmm. and the liberals are like, no, you know, screw the man alternative living. Like I'm not even going to like register myself living here full time. I'm buying a tiny house and throwing whatever I want. Like you get those people too. Mm-hmm. So it's different stacks of people all the time going into it. So that's what makes it super exciting. That's what got me like really um, fascinated with this and sticking with it mm-hmm. early on. Cause I was like, this is, yeah shoot this is like the best like i've never seen so many conservatives and like liberals hanging out together laughing together this is like am i just like solving world peace over here what's going on over here at this festival (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it has that effect on people i think Mm -hmm. people put those things aside and they realize that they want them for different to serve different purposes in their life Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting how a community was built around the idea of tiny houses like it's 
obviously if you want a tiny house you can have you can have a tiny house you don't got to be a part of the community at all but it's interesting how there was a community community that did develop and kind of like uh, a family in a lot of ways i guess you could say uh, or kind of like a fan base for a band you know it's kind of funny how these communities kind of pop up uh and tiny houses being one of them it's so true anybody who's ever like a, a nerd about tiny houses will know my name because mm-hmm. it's such a small community yeah. of like people who have been there and I haven't been there for even close to the beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, like you said, it's, it is like a, it's like a little like mini culture going on in mm-hmm. it. That's helped lay the found the, the groundwork for a lot of the things with it. Then obviously like we were talking about before, um, help with that. Any mm-hmm. event, like that's what sparks movements is events, mm-hmm. you know, like think about the Coachella, um, festival. I think it was like the first of its, there's probably others that were around, um, but like big music festival going on multiple days, multiple mm-hmm. stages, warp tour or any of those things. Like those are mm-hmm. like those spark different types of movement. There's like a mu- music festival movement that happened 15 years ago in the U S yeah. um, and it happened in Europe before that. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. Like that's, you know, for young people, those are the things that like get them excited and amped up, you yeah. know, about life. Yeah. People, people like going to festivals. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think music is a, uh, the universal uh, language of love. I think it, it, if there's, there's, I, I don't know if I believe in world peace, but I think if there, if there's a way to it, it's definitely through music. Cause the only way that like, it's the only language that everybody lets their guard to, down to and can fall in love with. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I think there's been a lot Except of for deaf people. Uh, wow. That, that's very true. <laughs> no, well, you know kidding. what? Maybe there is a thing. I think there is something with deaf people and music, like the vibrations of something that okay. are able mm-hmm. to keep them. Like it, music is not is more than just hearing things. It's also mm-hmm. feeling it too. Yeah. That's why Red Rocks is so famous because mm-hmm. like you feel the vibrations of the, the sound waves through the rocks mm-hmm. and they're like bouncing back through you because mm-hmm. it's like two rocks and you're in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So there, it, it's interesting. Like if you think of the beginning of like humanity, it, probably was that technically the first language was music you know mm-hmm. um other animals have been um i think they've been recorded as like singing different hymns and stuff like like dolphins and mm-hmm. whales and things of that nature hymns like that was it the hymns like they've been like humming different things and it's like okay. different types of things to communicate with one another um which is it's it's language mm-hmm. it's it, there's a there's a pattern to it so i say it's music but it can also be language or whatever but mm-hmm. um there's something to it you know and that again goes back to festivals events and all those different things there's a reason why there's so many mi- music festivals andrew out there because yeah. it draws people together mm-hmm. and uh it's special you know see so you're gonna are you gonna take the the people studying us festival into the metaverse Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I'm an early adopter in a lot of things, too. Okay. Um, not, as mu- not as quick as you, but I, I do. I, I'm... Well, imagine, like, you know, like, it's from 30,000 people to 30 million people. Oh, for sure. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> that would be wild. Probably not for a tiny-ass festival, th- 30 million, but maybe maybe it's th- it started out as a tiny-ass festival, and it evolved to this 30 million people event on in the metaverse. Imagine 30 million people. In one place. I don't think people have wrapped their head around that the meta- the metaverse will be a thing in our lifetime and yeah. that it's going to change. Mm-hmm. Like we thought the internet was such a big thing. Like we have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like the metaverse, it's literally going to change how we, all of our senses, right? How all, we interact with a lot of things. Yeah. You know, how like, we experience mm-hmm. things is going to change forever mm-hmm. with it. And like, it's kind of funny. I think social media is actually kind of like a dipping your toe into what a metaverse actually looks like 
because you become something different. You become mm-hmm. what you want other people to view you as. Mm-hmm. You well, know? you do that in the real world too. You yeah. And a lot, well, it's easier on social media because mm-hmm. you can distribute to everybody and be like, oh, look, like I'm mm-hmm. only doing fun things because you only usually post fun things on your stories or whatever. You can post a bunch of different mm-hmm. things on stories, but usually it's like highlights of your day or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's why they originally call them highlights. Well, when you're, when you're in meetings and you're around people, you don't typically... Uh, you don't typically... You, you kind of filter yourself, you know, no matter no matter what what scenario you're in, you're, you're, you're filtering yourself in a lot of ways. Uh, it's the people that are closest to you that see the most unfiltered version of you, I think. And I think it's the people who are the most unfiltered uh, across all platforms, the world, the, the metaverse, <laughs> social media, are the ones that, you know, people really love and like because they're they're being authentic steve-o mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <Andrew>. <laughs> yeah and, that's so true yeah i just i don't know i was just kind of riffing there <laughs> you know what's funny about that what you just brought up and this is like the biggest thing for me um as far as like this big dispute of like whether or not you should go remote or you should go back to the office mm-hmm. is everything okay? okay yeah we're good whether you should go to the remote or you should go back to the office is um um i think there's nothing more um, enticing than being face to face with people and being in person. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big proponent on going back to the office at least some w- time because there's there's something to be said about you and I interacting right now in person that we could never get at least for now that we could never mm-hmm. get like through a Zoom call. You know, which is gonna change. It's gonna know. change. Maybe maybe you say gonna change, but maybe that's worth investigating and testing right now. Totally. And I, I agree with that completely. That's why I'm adopting. We got to AB test it. You the know? metaverse or whatever, that, that's going to that's gonna be what it is, yeah. right? But for now, like I'm like, mm-hmm. not, like I I could tell we you, I could tell you something for sure. If, like my AB test is like, I have a, a business mm-hmm. that I run completely remote right now. And I know like the littlest problems that we fall on or the littlest like oversights is because we're not in person with each other every day going sh- over these sure? things. 100%. Okay. And so we've solved that. But you're that. not doing it in the metaverse. You're doing it over Zoom. No, no, no. I, I get that. That's what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> saying there's there's oversights being happened because we can be in like a virtual chat all day and we'll, mm-hmm. that helps a lot. Yeah. But like you get off a, a Zoom call and then you're like doing your own thing. It's hard for you to like, the collaboration is has a lot of gaps when you're okay. working remote with people, you know? Like let's put it this way. Like you and I in an office for two hours talking about the podcast, we'll get more done those two hours if we're really working and we're like working together, mm-hmm. then we will like in two weeks of meetings, right? So I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I think I might disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's very true because it's just like the little things. Like, hey, did you talk to so and so about this? Oh, mm-hmm. hey, by the way, I talked to our client about this. Just wanted to let you well, know. Well, if I you keep about the that. meeting running in the background, I think it could act like so it's not an that. actual meeting. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, I guess it's, it's not a quote unquote meeting. It's it's more of a, we're in the same space together. Kind of, kind Metaverse of is going to change that. Mm-hmm. What we do is we do um, Google Meet, as you know, mm-hmm. but we just keep it on. We call it virtual chat. Mm-hmm. So we're like, hey, I'm in virtual. If anybody needs company while they're working, jump in there. Mm-hmm. That helps a lot because you're like working yeah. and then you're talking to each other, it builds camaraderie or whatever. And then like you're like, oh, shoot, I forgot to tell Justin about mm-hmm. this. And it helps you stay on track because, you know, the other people are around you are doing are on track. That's in the, why in, in the same virtual exactly, space as you. you know? Exactly. So it isn't like you have to adapt mm-hmm. to something like that, to, to virtual chat, to the metaverse, because, yeah, you're right, because it does something when you're working side by side with somebody or at least you're feeling like you are. Because um, you also got to take into account the 20 minute drive it takes to get downtown. Yeah. And the 20 minute drive back. That's 40 minutes. Is Is that 40 minutes contributed into like the less proficient or the less effective 
like maybe 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 a Zoom call is is less effective than actual in person. But what if it's only forty minutes less effective? Then that makes it exactly equal. Yeah, I think so. I think right? sometimes <laughs> things will take weeks to get like. There could have been certain things if we're working side by side with each other. And again, like I think this, there's a lot of, there's a lot here. If we're like in a virtual chat for eight hours straight, we're gonna get a lot of things done mm -hmm. with one another. Um, for sure. There, there's, there's always gonna be like, like I also get a lot more done at the house being remote. <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. my house is like it's a tight ship there. Mm -hmm. So there's gonna be a hybrid, I think, of different things. And I think that's why I don't know if you heard who was it? Was it a? Uh, <laughs> is it Howard Schultz from Starbucks? I think so. He's like, he's like, I'm literally going to get on my knees and like, and beg you to come back to the office and work. That's what he was telling like a lot of his like a uh, mm -hmm. headquarters. Well, Elon officials. Musk was talking about it too. Yeah. You know, he, he was in all the headlines for saying that they can go pretend to work somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when I get together, even for like recon specifically, when we're all together, the, the three or four of us are together, we get like three weeks worth of like shit we should have gotten done when we're just together, you know, together in one office. Boom, 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 you, boom, boom, boom. You see when I'm with someone in an office or if I'm at a coffee shop and there's other people around me, I find it distracting. Mm -hmm. I find I get less work done. I need pure isolation. So if we can figure out what we need on a phone call and then get into isolation mode, I think that's best for me. It's also Because I can always text you. It, that's true. And it's also <laughs> a little bit different too because a lot of your stuff is like editing. So uh, you require yeah. less distractions mm -hmm. as opposed to like, well, it depends too because you yeah. are client facing. But I was going to say like if we're on a call with a client and there's like 17 things they got to get done, we're like, we can do this all now. Do we really need to push this back until the next time we meet them and be like, oh, we've gotten half of them done or can we just get them done all right now together? Mm -hmm. But like, like you said, it depends on the industry and the, and like the work that you're doing. Cause yeah, like editing, you just need no distractions and you just mm -hmm. need to be dialed into that and get it done. Well, also learning a lot of, a lot of my time, probably about at this point right now, about 60, 70, maybe even 80% of my time is learning. Uh, I, I actually, I'd probably say 30, 40%. Yeah. 30, 40% is, is actually implementing and and actually uh, doing and, and implementing what I'm learning, but most of the time I'm actually absorbing, yeah. and, and, and and that takes concentration and focus. And then there's the editing, and then if I'm building a campaign, uh, I don't want distractions. Uh, I'm also this is my personality type. I would rather figure out figure out something myself, even if it takes four times longer than asking someone a question, and that is. A flaw and hopefully a benefit, hopefully something that's good too. <laughs> but I, I know it's a flaw of mine because I will, if I have a client project, I know I can just ask them, hey, can you send me the logo? I will spend more time finding their logo on the internet myself, even finding a low resin version, low resolution version of it. And then maybe I, this is where it is a major flaw. Earlier this week, I literally rebuilt someone's logo just so I didn't have to ask them <laughs> to send me their logo. <laughs> I built it from fucking scratch, dude, <laughs> in Illustrator. I was like, just so I didn't dude. have to ask it because it was super low res. And it was super low res everywhere. I was like, this dude doesn't even probably have one. But I could have just asked him because what if he did? Yeah. And I would have saved myself three, two, three hours. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm stubborn like that. It's like, I, 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 the reason why I do this is because I don't want someone to know I'm weird like that. I don't want them to know when I'm working on their shit. <laughs> it's like, I want to work it on my time. And I, for some reason I'm weird like that. It's like, I don't want people to know that. And I don't know why I don't want people to know that. It's just like, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird self-conscious thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's something I'm realizing now as I'm verbalizing it in the moment. <laughs> yeah. So you talk things out. What, and you got to understand who you are as, as a, well, one, as a person, but also as a worker, mm -hmm. you're, 
you're a problem solver. So yes, that a lot of people don't have that. So like problem solvers were usually good at science and math because like, I mean, everything else is like memorization, right? Like you can memorize history, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to necessarily solve for X on in history, but in math Actually, you do. Yeah. I mean, you can, but because a lot of history is up for debate, and you have to you have to true, actually use science true. to figure out what's true and what's but not. But like, you think about like just basic everything, like math by and large is like it's exercising that problem solving muscle that people want to do. That's why some people don't like math versus not because you have to like it's a lot harder than just like oh I have to memorize. A, B, C, like whatever the answer is to this question. Yeah, I get the principle of what you're saying for yeah, sure. Yeah, your yeah. problem solver is what I'm saying. That's why like a lot of engineers are, they like the isolation because they have to like be alone in their thoughts and figure something out. Mm-hmm. And so like that can be a pro and a con like you're just talking about. And it also means that you work better in different environments too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe you working, you know, say I get my my mental health, you know, social hour for 30 minutes, but then I got to work four hours straight in isolation. But I definitely think that some level of social interaction in your workspace helps build culture and mm-hmm. it helps with mental health too. So we have to like, and we're going to figure it out as a site. We've always figured things out, but we have to be able to marriage the two, the feeling that you're in person talking or uh, collaborating with others. So you can build a culture mm-hmm. and, and, and build off of other thoughts has to be in, involved um, more so than what we've been doing. Uh, Zoom Zoom can cut it, but it cuts it to a certain extent. We're not, we're not there yet. Well, that's where I think the, the VR, actual, yeah. actual uh, virtual reality, like if you've ever played around, and actually I want I want to you to get an Oculus as well too, because I actually want to experience what it's like having a meeting where we're in the same space and we can push a paper. I can literally push a virtual paper to you and you can literally grab it and pick yeah. it up and you can feel it in your hands virtually like you're not filling the actual paper but it's giving you the sensation of the paper you know it's like uh yeah and, and like and if it gives you the sensation enough to where it's indistinguishable then it's then it is indistinguishable in my mm-hmm. opinion like it doesn't matter what whether molecules or digits or digits if it gives you the same exact in, uh, sensation that is indistinguishable they then it it's it's the same thing are we mind. in the matrix andrew <laughs> uh not yet <laughs> I, I couldn't call it. Uh, I am wearing Matrix underwear, though. Uh, that... Sheath underwear, a sponsor of the show. Use the code COSBP20 <laughs> to get 20% off. <laughs> yeah, they're going to merge. Those two worlds are totally going to merge, and that's so true. Like, in that feeling, like, again, especially when you're able to, like, again, smell, taste things, like, hear things. Like, it's it's going to be super interesting. And that's exciting mm-hmm. times, man. Like, I, I think people, like, they're either, like, totally against it or totally, like, so much, like, I want to adopt it so much. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of, like, in the middle where I'm, like, you got to tread lightly and tread with caution because this is also can be dangerous in the wrong hands and will happen. I have a package coming out, too, so we got to start wrapping this up. Okay. Uh, it's, it takes 15 minutes to get to my house. Um, I didn't even know it was one. Yeah, we've been we've been burning through like an hour and a half on the show already. Oh shoot! So, yeah, well we're hour and seventeen minutes. Yeah, let's tie it up. Uh, and they're actually coming from one to two, so hopefully they don't get there by the time I I am back. I was actually expecting to be there by like one ish, but <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, we got we've we've talked about everything we need to talk about, especially for the event. It's coming up July sixteenth and seventeenth at the Ranch Events Complex. Mm-hmm. Tickets are ten dollars. You can get them at People's Tiny House Festival dot com slash tickets. Um, hope to have everybody there. Kids are free. It's going to be exciting. Join us. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to them, not me. Dude. No, yeah, join kidding. us. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one nodding, okay? I guess I can nod myself to the camera, but yeah, yeah, it should be exciting. All right. Well, this has been the COS Business Podcast, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Did I say welcome back and introduce you? Yeah. Okay, good, because... <laughs>